Hi there! You're listening to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. While there are no perfect families, every relationship can turn the corner. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Aaron and I'm your host for this episode. Getting our children to listen and heed our words amidst a noisy world filled with distracting devices and other things can be an uphill task. Today, we are continuing the conversation on how to talk so our kids will listen with mother and daughter duo Gina and Christabel. Christabel is 19 and she's a student while Gina is a homemaker. Welcome back, Gina and Christabel. Hi. Hi, thank you for having us. To get us started, can you share with us one word or emotion that comes to your mind when I say Listen to me. If I heard that, it's like command. It triggered me. We go into my fight or flight mode. Maybe I won't listen, actually. I think it sounds very direct and targeted. I feel quite scared, honestly. It sounds like, yeah, it's like a command. Like I said something's very serious going to happen after that. So why do these three words trigger such a strong emotional response? Generally, most of us do not like to be told and to be ordered to do something. We want to have a given a choice to do something. By that tone, sound, also quite harsh, it will actually trigger us. What kind of reaction can come from that? You mentioned the word trigger, right? Like what kind of response would a young person feel or do when they hear such things? Sometimes depend on the personality of the kid, actually. If they fight, means they may shout back. I don't listen to you. Or they shut down and then they quit quiet. They go to your room and close the door. That means they will not cooperate with the parents. So as a parent, it's important to know what are things that will trigger them and say in a more positive way so that they will actually listen you know, and cooperate with us. Or they should do what they need to do. Yes. So with the parents and the families that you have worked with, have you encountered similar situations where a child just shuts themselves away from the parent don't want to listen, like reject anything that the parent may say. Yeah, the important thing is that in order to get our children to listen to parents, is first thing is to connect first. It's always about connection, about relationship. We will only listen to people who we feel good, we like, you know, we will listen. So uh, when we connect the child first, then the child will feel better to actually to listen. And actually when the brain is triggered, it will shut down the thinking brain to think and reason. Especially when they are angry, fearful, you know, they were not able to think and reason. As parents, it's important to keep them calm first. When they're calm, then we can actually talk to them, to reason with them. So I have an instance where a student actually shared with me that she fell down when she was young. Then she was crying and her father was telling her, when you fall down, I'm going to beat you. So instead of validating her feeling, you know, and comfort her, she felt angry with the father and uh, feel that why the fathers don't love her. And so when she realised that actually the father uh, said that because she actually worried for her. So she thought that by saying that will actually help her not to fall down. But then the thing is, she's not validated when she realised that because of not validated feeling and hurt, she realised that it's so important to be validated and it's actually so healing for her to hear that the feeling is being validated. So we understand that there are certain things to say, certain things not to say. Christabel, what are some things parents should not say? The first thing would be criticising the child's character instead of just the action. For example, let's say I said something that wasn't very nice. There are two possible responses that my mom could say. The first one is the phrase you used just now wasn't very nice versus you are not very nice for saying that. I think many of us would probably feel that 
the second line doesn't feel very good to hear and it sounds very targeted because it's targeting the character and I think over time if let's say the parent keeps saying things like that to the children I think it would slowly affect their self-esteem also because it will lead to them feeling that I have so many character issues that my mom is pointing out to me I think another point would be constantly pointing out the child's errors without acknowledging their efforts it can be very demotivating to hear that also you can use like the hamburger method I feel that when I use it with maybe not my mom maybe with my friends it works quite well for example starting is something positive so that the child can have an open mindset to hear what else the parent has to say and then followed by the feedback and then ending off to have something positive such as let's work together to improve or like I believe that like, you can do it. Another thing would be to not keep mentioning the past when I made the same mistakes. For example, if I did not tidy up my room and one day I actually started to improve but there's another day where I forgot and my room is untidy again and let's say my mom was to say see la, last time you like that now you also like that. I just feel like the effort of improving meant nothing and that all the parent members is the past and all the mistakes that I made. I think the last point would also be to not make assumptions for the child's motive of doing something. For example, in the same example of tidying up my room, if my mom were to say, see you don't tidy up your room because you don't care, it can really feel very invalidating to hear that. So parents, you know, if your child is making effort in cleaning up their room and they forget maybe or just didn't do it for one time. Remember, they actually like to clean up the room too and they just need to have perhaps a gentle reminder versus a harsh word. And now, Christabel, now that you're older, how would you like to receive feedback from your mom? Does that help you appreciate her point of view better? I think as compared to when I was younger, now that I'm older, I'm much better able to regulate my own emotions and communicate also. How I prefer to receive any form of feedback is actually how I also like to give feedback. It was what I mentioned earlier about the hamburger method. So whenever somebody gives feedback and then they just start off with, I think you could do this to improve. I feel like maybe I'm not ready to hear it yet. So starting off with something more positive so that I'm also more open-minded to hear it. Well, just want to add on to what Ms. Bat said regarding focusing on the behaviours rather than commenting on the personal traits. So if I comment on personal trait, I may say, oh, you're so messy. It's like a criticism to them and they will take it as, wow, it will trigger again, you know, or trigger and become defensive. I think with criticism actually over time, actually it will shame a child because instead of saying, oh, it's my action that's not right, they'll say, I'm as a whole person, I'm wrong. I find it's quite damaging in a sense to shame the child actually. Another point is about the personal behavior. So how do we actually comment on the behavior? One way is actually to be more specific and say in a clear way, concise way, and also in a factual way. So say the way that what you actually observe, for example, the child after using the iron cloth and uh, she left the scissors on the floor. So this is what I actually observe. So I can say, oh, Christabel, I noticed or I see that you have done iron craft and I saw the scissors was on the floor. So it's just a factual. And um, usually I would like to pause first to see how the child responds also. Because sometimes the child says, oh yeah, yeah, I've forgotten about it. And then say, okay, would you please pick up and just make a request. But sometimes if it's very often the child forgets clean up the place and I may have to find a right time when both of us are calm and available to actually say, oh, Christabel, can I have a time what good with you? What time is good for you to talk? I will usually like to sit down with the child and uh, talk through it because I will have the problem solve. Again, I will just say a factual say for the past few times when I saw it still on the floor and things like that. You know, it was not clean up. And then I give a child a chance to explain itself. And then if they agree, say, yeah, mommy, I always forget. So how do you think you can help yourself to remember? So I will do the coaching way to come up with a solution. 
So usually when they come a solution, they feel that, oh, this is my solution and they usually will more cooperate and do it. You know, as parents, we are busy people mm. and perhaps we don't have the time to coach our children all the time. We may be very busy, not just with our schedules, but also maybe not even ready to use the right words. What are some ways perhaps as parents, maybe practical tips parents can do or use so that they can engage their child in a better way, probably a more positive way? For me, I saw like, remember what I used to say when I give feedback in like a formula. That means I will always use the factual words and not to use emotional words and make it short and concise. I think it's practicing it. So in a sense, have your own template of sorts of how to respond to situations, mm. not to react, especially when your emotions are high. And mm. to pause probably to just to think through, like what do you want to say to your child and actually to express your emotions and your love for your child versus the problem, right? Because if not, it's always addressing problems and you're going against the child. Yes, that's a good point. That means we actually have to think through what we're going to say first before we approach the child. The only important point also when we're expressing our feelings and our thoughts, we have to be responsible for our own feelings and our thoughts. For example, if I say, oh, you make me angry, it's not taking responsibility. Instead, we take our responsibility for feeling to say that I'm angry when the thing is not done. Instead, also, you make me angry. In this situation, when we want to express our feeling, we can use the I statement instead of using the you statement because you statement can sound like accusing, blaming, shifting the blame because you made me angry. It means you're blaming the child for making you angry. For me, I find it's useful to remember some of these things what to say and what not to say. We as parents, you know, we need to be intentional in using these kind of positive language. When our natural response perhaps is to criticize in the first place or to point out our children's mistake. And Gina, I hear you, you are saying that it's not easy to find the vocabulary, but we need to practice it often again and again. I know that you picked it up in recent years, but what has actually helped you the most even in gathering or understanding this idea of using positive language? Because I start off with reading books on the communication skills and also getting feedback from my children, from other parents. We learn from each other. Even sometimes we will ask our children, in what way do you think I should say that will not hurt you? Because there are cases when I may say certain things that my girl is triggered, then I will actually ask her how you want me to say that not triggered. Christopher, I want to pick up on that point. You know, your mom actually approached you and probably your sister as well and say, what are some things that I should not say? How do you express it to her without making her feel offended? Because I can imagine parents would be thinking, I'm going to have this conversation with my child or my teenager, but I don't know how to approach them. Because as a parent, right, I'm like the authority. Um, now I have to ask my child what, what's the preferred way. It might be very humbling for them. So how was that experience for you? Yeah, I understand what you said just now. I think I was also trying to find the right words and tone to say also. In terms of tone, I try not to make it sound like they were doing something wrong, but rather what can we both do to improve and help each other out because it's a two-way process. So it's not just for my mom to improve, but also for myself to improve. And I think my mom actually played a bigger role in that because she made it a very safe space for me to share openly. And let's say I said, a comment like, oh, maybe you shouldn't say this word and this word. The way she reacted also helped because she didn't really act offended or anything and she accepted the comment very humbly and take it as an improvement point rather than taking it personally. 
Yes, I think I can give an example. Like just recently in the morning, she was still sleeping. Then I go into the room and then I find her room a bit messy. Then I say, Chris, wow, your room very messy. Eh? I think I repeated a few days, lah, not just what that day, you know. So so she actually was sleeping and she said, hey, Mommy, the first thing, don't tell me some negative thing in the first thing in the morning. Then I realized I'm wrong, you know. Then I quickly apologize. Say, Sorry, I, I shouldn't say that in the morning. As parents, we do make mistakes, we are not perfect, but I think it's good to apologize and repair it. I think the children can be understanding if we do that. I also want to give an example. With my older girl, I was talking, I think I was talking normally. Then my girl said, hey, don't shout, leh. don't raise your voice. Then I was like, am I shouting? I don't think I'm shouting. Initially, I deny, lah, no, because I don't think so. But I said, no, you, you're very loud. So I take time to reflect. Instead of saying no, 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 and deny it, I take time to reflect. Why does she say that? I try to put myself in her shoe. If I'm the one who listen and she say loud, I do really accept it as she say it's loud. Because different people have different level of loudness, isn't it? Then I say, okay, I need to validate that. Then so I go back to a girl say, okay, good that. I appreciate that you let me know that it's very loud. To you, it's loud. And I thought it was not loud. But I need to adjust according to the way you can receive. And I think she appreciate that. And then I realized that maybe as we grow older, we tend to talk louder and louder. I think because we were not able to mind read another person, isn't it? We are so different personality and our liking and all. I think it's important to able to come together to talk it and come to a compromise and give and take. The meeting is understanding, understand each other. Thank you, Gina and Christopher, for your really candid and authentic stories. I believe many of our listeners are encouraged with what you're sharing and all the tips that you have mentioned so far. Before we wrap up, is there just one last thing that you want to share perhaps in the positive language that we have been using, right? How does that change you as a person as well? For me, when I learned about boundaries, it really helped me to be aware not to cross boundary. So when we cross boundary means we actually be reactive and say words that will hurt another person. If I'm going to hurt another person, then I should not. It's crossing boundary, actually. So even if the person is reactive and uh, maybe saying rude things to me, trigger me, I still need to keep calm and uh, be respect another person and speak respectfully to another person. In fact, if I do that, being positive, actually I can help influence the person to calm down also instead of escalating it to be more heated. This is how our brain works, right? We have these mirror neurons that we actually mirror each other. So instead of trying to change the person to ask the person, you don't shout. I try being calm and will actually help the person to calm down. For me, it helped me to be more optimistic because just now when I mentioned about not always finding fault with the person when giving feedback, but rather finding something positive first then giving the feedback. It helped me to also realize that when somebody makes a mistake or has a fault that they're not all bad and there's something good about it also. So it helped me to see like the light of things also. Yeah, on that note, thank you everyone for listening in. If you're looking for more parenting resources, do check out our new website. Just head to www.family.org.sg. Do share this podcast with a friend or parent who may benefit from this episode as well. Do keep tuning in to the ParentNet Podcast to learn and to grow in your parenting journey. 